Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lab. Rex, you are on site at the Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas. Unfortunately, no fun in the sun for you with that skin cancer. Uh, I did not mm-hmm. actually believe until I saw the replay that you are bandaged up this week. Has that been a tough scene, uh, seeing Tiger Woods, Will Zalatoris, Jordan Spieth, and others uh, completely bandaged uh, above your right eye? Uh, it's not a good look on TV. I can tell you that. I've gotten a lot of feedback I've, from uh, everything that happened today. Obviously, Tiger Woods talking. There's been a lot of frenzy. You and I we were on together doing the Rex and Lav thing on the early show. And uh, I haven't gotten the results back, so let's don't joke too much about it. Uh, it, di- it, is, it does look very hot. Uh, it does look very sunny there. Uh, so we do appreciate you braving the elements, potentially adding uh, more cancer uh, to your litany of other issues. As you mentioned, Rex, this was a big day. As, as big a day as you can get on November 28th of the year. The Tiger Woods press conference, the first time he's playing in a tournament since the Masters, and we'll get to that certainly, his expectation this week in 2024. But this was also, Rex, the first time that Tiger has met the media since that June 6th deal between the PGA Tour and Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. We were all wondering what did Tiger Woods think of that secret agreement, and we now know the answer. He was pissed. Plain and simple, I- he was pissed. Yeah, I was curious. You and I talked about this on the podcast last week, and it was it was odd because I've sat through a lot of these press conferences, specifically here at the Hero, and there's always been something going on off the course. There's been uh, some sort of surgery that is coming back from. There's been something that's happened off the course that it, it's sort of the awkward question. It's the awkward elephant in the room. And this time around, I was really curious to see how he was going to embrace because you and I came up with a dozen questions about all of the things that you just mentioned. He hadn't talked since June 6th, the framework agreement. He hadn't talked since he was added to the policy board, essentially an 11th hour ad just to appease the players because they were so angry. And I will say this, and when we mentioned this earlier today on the show, that he had an agenda. And the agenda was to say that he wasn't happy at all with the way that went down. And it won't happen again. Tiger Woods is really, really good at talking for a long time and not saying a lot. And that's not a criticism. It's sort of just a byproduct of being the best player of his generation And every tournament, after every round, we stick a microphone in his face. We expect him to say something and entertain us. And that's really hard to do. It's impossible to do. But on this particular occasion, I will say that he, he, the message he had wasn't necessarily, certainly not to me or to the media. It wasn't even necessarily to the fans. I think it was to the PGA Tour leadership. And I'm sure that he has put it in other more blunt ways when it comes to his conversations with Jay Monahan and the rest of the leadership. But this was a very public, I don't want to say scolding, but it's clear. 
that what happened on June 6, that the framework agreement that was negotiated without any input whatsoever from players is not going to stand, that they will not let that happen again. It's why he wanted to become part of the process. It's why after being frustrated, that's the word he used the most in his press conference, he used the word governance. And that's a big part of what's going on right now. You and I talked to Davis Love two weeks ago uh, kind of about this. Davis Love is on that ad hoc committee that's going to come up with whatever the PGA Tour's new governance is going to look like. And Tiger wants to make sure. He wants to be the person in the room that decides exactly how these decisions are going to be made going forward. Yeah, we did this podcast, Rex, last week from the Spin Studio, Spin Studio which I believe was our fifth attempt uh, at doing the podcast during Thanksgiving week when we were going over the, li- the list of questions that Tiger Woods uh, was going to be asked and potentially uh, previewing some of his answers. Uh, he was a little bit more forceful, as, as you say, in his condemnation of how it all went down than I was protect, uh, perhaps anticipating or expecting. He was clearly not happy with Jay Mon, and I think that's that's the reason uh, for his silence over the past five months. He was clearly uh, angry. He felt betrayed. Uh, he felt blindsided, as many players did, uh, particularly the top players uh, of the PGA Tour. And, and, but I, he was also predictably coy, Rex. I thought Tiger was on, on some of the details, on what that actually means, on what he actually wants the governance structure to look like, of what won't and, and can't happen next time. He expressed urgency and frustration with the timetable as it relates uh, to either the PIF deal or some of these outside investors uh, who, who want to invest uh, in the in the PGA Tour, I thought that was kind of the most interesting because it was really two press conferences. We're going to get into his play. I know that's what a lot of people are interested in hearing. But this press conference with the June 6th fallout in the future of the PGA Tour was interesting because because Tiger was he, – he just sounded like disdainful of, of how long it, it was taking when you have four to five weeks until you get this December 31st deadline. Well, and to be fair, and I think I mentioned this about Rory McIlroy the week after he resigned from the PGA to a policy board, and uh, you talked about his level of frustration following that Monday meeting during the RSM Classic. It was a sun-up to sundown meeting by all accounts, and he's on the other side of the planet, and I'm sure it was miserable, and I'm sure Rory wants things just to get done, that at this point I can only imagine how many meetings they've sat through and talked these issues ad nauseum. And at some point as a player, as someone that sort of isn't born – and raised to do this type of thing, you get tired of talking in the same circles so that I'm sure this happens in corporate America everywhere, but they're just not geared that way. They want to have results. It's, it's the way they're wired. So I think in this particular case, he, he wants results. And you and I have talked about this in the past, that December 31st deadline and the framework agreement, it's always kind of been a soft deadline. I've never really put much stock into the idea that, okay. It was incredibly ambitious, wasn't it, Rex? I mean, the, the oh, idea yeah. that, that the entire future of the PGA Tour could be decided in basically six months since the deal was announced. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, and the idea that something so complicated, and I've said this before, but I can only imagine how difficult it is to negotiate a billion-dollar deal. Now you add to that all of the other nuances of this. How do the live players come back? How do the PGA Tour players who stay get made whole again? All of those things just complicate matters even more. I've always felt like that December 31st deadline was just to keep folks moving in the right direction, whoever that is, whether that's the public investment fund or some other private equity. But in this particular case, hearing Tiger talk today, and Jordan Spieth kind of echoed his comments. He came into the media center after Tiger that they want to have something done by December 31st. And whether if that's a definitive agreement or not, I'm not quite sure, but they want to see something in paper. They want to see progress. One of the conspiracy theories 
that we posited last week on the podcast was that Roy McIlroy left the day after that marathon board meeting. Uh, it was during the RSM Classic. Was because perhaps the private equity piece of the PGA Tour Enterprises had been accomplished. They they knew the direction and they were going ahead with that. And kind of the PIF deal was something else that needed to be sorted out. I'm not so sure after listening to Tiger, after reading Jordan Spieth's transcript. I mean, there's just so many moving pieces that it, it doesn't seem possible. It, yet maybe you do have some idea what you want to do with the financial backing, but what the PGA tour is actually going to look like in 2025. I mean, Tiger broached the topic of how do you incorporate team golf, which would seem to be some sort of merger with live golf that would potentially be down the road or having, you know, co-sanctioned events. Roy McIlroy talked about it a couple of weeks ago in Dubai about how do you make some of the biggest events on the European tour, part of the PGA tour schedule as as a whole as well, and having kind of 20 to 25 events on the PGA Tour that make it the absolute best place to play golf. That that Those sort of conversations appear so far off to not even mention how you would bring back the live players. Uh, and so Tiger wants – Tiger's expressing urgency. Tiger wants answers. Uh, it just doesn't seem like we're poised to get them in the next four or five weeks. Rex, what, what else What else stood out to you about Tiger's kind of future look of the PJ Tour or kind of how else the, the June 6th deal went down? I, I do want to say that I had to come outside because there was some ambient noise inside the media center that you didn't like. You didn't like me sitting in the shade, so you had me move. So I had the sun on my face, which we've talked about. We can clearly see I probably shouldn't be out in the sun right now. And now I've got Todd Lewis standing behind me having some sort of random conversation with someone that's not helping the situation. Hi, Melanie. Yeah, uh, we, we, we get we get T. Lou home on Monday. Don't you worry. It's either Melanie or Volpe, one of our producers. It's got to be some maybe maybe someone back in Connecticut as he wanders back into my shot. Uh, I I'm going to say this, and to your point, I, I think Tiger Woods more than anyone understands how complicated this is. He understands all the different layers of this. I've said this before, and I still believe that. There aren't any answers about which way the tour is maybe leaning in these negotiations because I don't think there are at this point. I think it's still very much a moving target. The idea that the PGA Tour could sign just some sort of definitive agreement with the PIF or maybe it's not with the PIF, it's with some other private equity or a combination of those two things, which seems to be sort of the 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 topic du jour that everyone seems to be leaning into. The idea that nothing could happen and we can move along the way we were before. I, I think Tiger Woods has an idea the way he wants it to go. And he's made it clear to go back to what I think he wanted to stress, that this will be decided by the players, that they have five votes on the policy board. And there's five independent directors. And then the PG, the director of the PGA of America is sort of that deciding vote. And I'm not quite sure how that falls into all of this. But it'll be the players, ultimately, that decides how this plays out. And that's a direct result of June 6th and sort of that betrayal that we talked about. I, I'll say this, that everyone involved, it seems like, wants to see some sort of progress, not the kind of progress that Jay Monahan talked about in the memo two weeks ago after that last policy board meeting, but something tangible, something you can write down on a piece of paper and say, this is what the tour roughly will look like starting next year and beyond. We're not there yet. I'm not quite sure we get there before December 31st. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. 
because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You might not think that a few simple words could make you crave McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. But if you listen closely to the sound of me saying, McGriddles, McMuffin, you might be wrong. Tiger Woods used the word murky to describe the current and ongoing negotiations. And I think that was very appropriate uh, for where we find ourselves on November 28th. One of my favorite things to do, Rex, after a big press conference like this is kind of peruse the headlines that you see around the world of golf. And here's a sampling of those non-June 6, non-merger, non-live, non-PIF related headlines. Optimistic Tiger ready for return at Hero. Tiger Woods makes shock declaration he could play every month in 2024. Woods aims for monthly tournaments in 2024. Comeback and Woods says he'll, quote, walk away from golf when he no longer believes he can win. Not run. Definitely not run. Uh, walk probably with a significant limp to me Rex jotting down notes from the press conference and there's a a bevy of content up on the site nbcsports.com slash golf is Tiger Woods said in a perfect world best case scenario he can play four to six times in 2024 it's pretty easy to see which tournaments those would be you look at this uh, schedule and it's the way it's laid out in the PGA Tour. That would be the Genesis. That would in February. That would most likely be the Players Championship in March, and then you have the four major championships. It seems unlikely, barring some sort of uh, either two or three high finishes in those events, he would even qualify for the Fed Cup playoffs. So we can rule that out for the time being. Was that overly optimistic? Was that uh, saying the bar too low, where did you kind of fall on Tiger Woods' expectations, the fact that he could play monthly, monthly, Rex, from February until July? Well, monthly, when he first said it, and then I think he sort of circled back around as he finished up his answers and said, essentially starting in February, to your point, starting at the Genesis Invitation, which benefits his foundation, he's the host, that makes complete sense, and then ending in July, which would be the Open Championship. Because in my mind, monthly – Starts in January and goes through December, and that's clearly not the case. He's not playing 12 times. You're right. It's going to be four to six times. I would say that's ambitious for no other reason than he's played a total of eight events the last four years, and that's not eight full events, by the way. I mean, he obviously withdrew after the third round this year at the Masters. So based on sort of his recent history, his recent body of work, no, I don't see four to six events coming out of him a year. That being said, he he clearly felt something, and he sort of talked about it today, about – Helping Charlie, his son, get ready for a junior event about two months ago is sort of what led to him being in the field this week, that he had to go to the range with Charlie, and he was carrying the bag around. And as Charlie's hitting balls, Tiger starts hitting a couple of balls, and he starts feeling better and better. And so he ends up here. This week will be a big litmus test. I mean, this will be 90 holes. He has to walk the Pro-Am. Of course, there's no cut, so there'll be four rounds. That It'll be a good test to let him know going into January, getting ready 
for that first event of the year, which will be in Los Angeles, exactly what his expectations could be. I wouldn't expect him to say anything else. He's been rather consistent on this about it's going to be a limited schedule. It's going to be the majors. It's probably going to be the players. It's going to be L.A. That's going to pretty much be it. But still, and I hate to say this because, again, I go back to the idea I hate being in the Tiger Woods doubting business because he's proven me wrong so many times. It's hard to see him getting in six events next year. I, I would be pleasantly surprised. I, I'm with you, Rex. I, I mean, this has been the goal for the past two years is, is to play the major championships and maybe something else, maybe a tournament like Riviera, which benefits his foundation, maybe the Players' Championship, the Crown Jewel, and the PGA Tours flagship event. And it, it obviously has not come to fruition. He's played just five official events on the PGA Tour, including the major championships, since he came back from the car crash in 20. 20- 21. It's not just the fact of, of playing 72 holes of competitive golf. It's the practice rounds, the pro-am, the work that he has to do at home leading up to those tournaments. I mean, that takes its toll on a, a player who's soon to be 48 with a body that probably feels at times like it's 78. You look at the best players in the world, like they don't have these physical restrictions or limitations when it comes to their practice and preparation time like Tiger Woods just can't do it anymore and he's not he's not playing in these C-level events he's not playing in the Nelson he's not playing in the Zurich he's not playing uh at 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 the Sony Open like he's going against the very best players on the PJ Tour every time he tees it up and he's obviously not going to sacrifice an opportunity to play in a major championship if it means he can squeeze one more tune-up start right at, at a Riviera or a TPC Sawgrass. Like he's going to put all of his eggs in the major basket and see how it goes. I'm with you. Six feels incredibly ambitious. It has been ambitious over the past couple of years. However, you saw him up close and personal. How did he actually look? He says he does not have any more pain. Rex and his fused ankle. Obviously there's other parts of his body that, that become sore with the, with the kinetic chain, whether it's his back or his knee. What, what did you see up close and personal? Kinetic chain. I love it when he drops kinetic chain in a press conference because I could just imagine people everywhere immediately Googling exactly what is the kinetic chain. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, there right. Okay, got it. Yep. Uh, and he talked about, look, he, he doesn't have the pain in the ankle, but that, that energy is dispersed somewhere else, whether that's the knee or the hip or whatever the case may be. And it's something he's going to deal with really the rest of his life, and that, that has nothing to do with golf. I thought it was an interesting point you brought up on our Golf Central hit earlier today. It's probably not the tournament itself that creates the concerns right now. It's all the ramping up. It's getting ready. It was interesting. Will Zalatoris was just in the media center talking, and he had a microdiscectomy this year in April. And it's essentially Tigers had at least one, maybe two, if I'm counting them correctly. And he just pointed out it, it's not necessarily getting ready for a tournament round in the morning. Like, that. that's a pretty straightforward process. It's everything that comes afterwards. And I remember last year, at the, or this year at the Masters, where it was like putting himself back together again every single night, getting ready for another cold round to walk on a really, really hilly, demanding golf course. That's going to be the tough part. And to your point, you said C-level events. I think you meant something a little bit different. I immediately took it to actual C-level events. Like, if he could play every event here on this golf course behind me, which it only takes a really quick glance to look over my shoulder to be like, oh, it's flat, it's warm, it's sunny. A lot of sand. Very sandy sand. out there. So much sand. And if he could do that every week, then that would probably be okay. But no, he's playing difficult golf courses. Augusta National, really tough walk. Riviera, not really any better. That's not helping, sir. That's not helping, sir. Um, and then he's playing against the deepest fields of the year. If you combine both of these things, it just isn't a recipe for success. 
tournament infrastructure appears to be now going up. It's not like they haven't had an entire year uh, to get ready for the Hero World Challenge. And yet here they are. Signage must go up on yeah, Tuesday of tournament week. I, I will say, Rex, like to hear Tiger now, walking is not going to be as much of an issue as it was. Like we remember the scenes from Augusta National this year in the, in the Masters. Like it was, it was hard to watch him literally dragging his right leg up, you up some of those that. hills. <laughs> I mean, picture. I mean, that was one of like the scenes of the year. It was just, it was just so sad. It was so dispiriting uh, to see uh, what he, what he put himself through uh, just to, just to make the cut uh, at the Masters. So I don't think this is any longer going to be an issue of pain tolerance, which is great because now we can just focus on Tiger Woods, the golfer, and answer the question: Can he still hack it? Can he still cut it against players? who are in some cases half of his age, uh, who are just as fit as he is, who can hit it longer than him, who are faster than him, who are better drivers, better iron players, better putters, better around the green. Can Tiger Woods, arguably the greatest player of all time, still hack it? I think it's going to be a fascinating uh, question to see answered in 2024. As it relates, Rex, to Tiger's expectations this week, I mean, it's a 20-man field. We're going to get into some of these players who are coming off uh, a stint on the injured reserve list. Players are basically collecting their holiday cash. They've either played uh, sparingly or not at all since the Ryder Cup of Tour Championship. Not Victor Tiger, Hovland. Victor Hovland's can, here to win. Victor Hovland's going to win by 27 shots. But do you think that Tiger Woods uh, can win this week? Or excuse me. Excuse me. Tiger Woods cannot win this week. Can Tiger Woods top 10 this week? Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods is not going to win this week. Man, can Tiger Woods top 10? <laughs> yeah, I love the way you, you had to roll that one back so quickly. You, you threw it oh out there God. and immediately rolled oh it. No, oh, no, God. Abs- absolutely not. Under those circumstances. Yeah, he can top 10. I don't know the state of his game. It's impossible to say. I'm looking forward to actually following the Pro-Am tomorrow morning. It'll be like just the old days when you just walked out and you, you decided what you were going to get. I mean, even he admitted he doesn't know what the expectations are. You can tell as I've been sitting here, the sun is setting. Look, it's, it's almost on the other side of my face. It's wonderful. By now. Yeah, it's it's glorious. Um, I will say this, that it, it, it goes back to Augustine. I remember talking with people inside his camp leading up to that first round, and they kept telling me that, man, the swing is fine. The swing is good. Like, we just have to get him around 72 holes, and that's always the tricky part. I think you're right. Probably getting him around 72 holes is not the, the, the mile-high climb, metaphorically speaking, that it used to be. I just don't know what his game is going to be like because, as he brought it out, and he's used this analogy before – He's got a pencil and a scorecard in his hand now, and it's entirely different. And he can shoot. Will Zalatoris just told us he shot 73, 74, 72 at his home course a few weeks ago. And he goes, but it's entirely different, even at an event like this, where the expectations are low and there's only 19 other players to beat. And most of it is pretty relaxed. Even in those circumstances, I think it's going to be a tough call for him to finish top 10. So, no, I don't think. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. 
You might not think that a few simple words can make you crave McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. But if you listen closely to the sound of me saying McGriddles, McMuffin, you might be wrong. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You can. I think you can finish right around top ten. Like I I still come back to the idea <laughs> right around of Rex. Top 10. You're giving yourself some, some wiggle right around there. Way to yeah, go. Like a, like a like a eighth like to eleven? Like no, like a, <laughs> like an eighth to a twelfth. Uh, it would not surprise me if Tiger Woods finishes in there. And I, and I say that for the sole reason, like walking was the hard part. One of the foundational aspects of tournament golf, of competitive golf, Tiger Woods struggled the most with. It wasn't driving a golf ball. He still had plenty of speed. He still had plenty of power. Uh, his iron play was predictably sharp. Uh, m- you know, maybe he's not as good of a, a, a pitcher of the golf ball or a putter like he was in his heyday, but he was plenty adequate. I, lo- I go back to the fact he was making cuts in major championships, Rex. He was making the cut in the Masters. We go back to the PGA uh, a couple of years ago. Like he made there, he ended up withdrawing uh, before the final round, but he made the cut he there. He made the cut this year in LA. So it's not as though he still no. can't play the game. Exactly. Like his game is still plenty good, even now going on 48. And so if you can eliminate potentially the idea that actually just getting through 72 holes, the endurance and the stamina, that that is no longer a chief concern for Tiger and really all he has to do is focus on his game. I'm still kind of bullish that he could be competitive even in his limited action in 2024. And I think he'll be potentially sharper than maybe we're giving him credit for this week in the Bahamas as well. Tiger Rex is not the only player who is a part of comeback season. Will Zalatoris making his first start since he withdrew from the masters. And as you mentioned, on with the micro discectomy, Kyle Morikawa, has some sort of back issue. He played on Monday. He hit balls on Monday for the first time in a couple of weeks. He withdrew from something called the Netflix Cup a couple of weeks ago following his win at the Zozo Championship. But even Jordan Spieth, my precious Jordan Spieth, said that he re-injured his wrist and had to uh, sit out for a couple of weeks following the Ryder Cup. Let's talk about these comebacks either as a whole or individually. My, I mean, all my attention if it's not on Tiger, it's going to be on Will Zalatoris. I, I absolutely nailed Rex my 2023 season predictions. I said for my player of the year, Colin, uh, my player of the year in 2023 was going to be Xander Shoffley. Uh, he, is still win- <laughs> he is still winless, and he is not playing this week, uh, so he has no chance to make that right. And my breakout star, the player who's going to have a big impact Kill on the PGA Tour yeah, and yeah. become a household name is... Will Zalatoris. Will Zalatoris. That's right. Who played a bunch in the early spring, ended up being too much, injured his back, and has been out for the past seven or eight months. You just sat in on the press conference with Willie Z. How did he look? More importantly, how did he sound? I'm with you. I miss me some Willie Z, only because he's really refreshing. And look, a lot of young players show up on the PGA Tour, and I can only imagine being a 23, 24, 25-year-old and having to sit there and answer questions, not just about your golf game, but about your personal life and everything else. And it must be difficult. I have three sons who are about that age, and I can only shake my head at what would come out of their mouths if if you put a microphone in their hand in that situation. So I, I did miss him. On that level, I I will say this, and it was very refreshing to hear him go through the process. And I guess it it had been a long time, so I kind of tuned it out. But he was getting ready for the Masters. He was getting ready, I would argue, as one of the favorites at the Masters, simply because of how he had performed there before and his sort of his form going into it. Maybe not top five favorites. I'm going to do it the way you do it. Top 10-ish. 10-ish. 
Yeah, he'd be somewhere between like he'd be between somewhere like eight and twelve. There it is, the eight and twelve golden. That's the golden hour category right there. Hey, hey Fred, clip that. Lab says eight and twelve. It's the, yeah. the golden. It's the really, golden that's, hour. really that sweet spot. Uh, however, and then just imagine getting ready, ramping up, getting ready, and before you tee off, you're in a golf cart because you just can't go. You have to withdraw, and that's Saturday. I mean, on Monday you were getting ready for the Masters, and on Saturday you're having back surgery. I can only imagine how devastating that must be for someone of that age. I will say that now that he's gone through the process and I do love the way he, he's not afraid to go really, really technical. And he talked about the idea that, look, man, my left heels off the ground and I got a reverse C going on. Like that's a recipe for back issues. So it's something that he needed to work on. So he and his swing coach have started to work on keeping the left heel a little bit more on the ground, getting a little bit more rotational. He seems to think that it's going to help him in the long run, not just health-wise, but he feels like he's driving, at least driving the ball straighter. I have high, high expectations. I don't know if I'm going to pick him as my breakout star next year. I feel like that would be a little reckless given his history, but I do have high expectations for him. I'm doubling down. I picked Xander yeah, Shoffley to, to win major championships for like ever since his Aaron Hills breakout, the 2017 U.S. Open. I picked him to win a major. That hasn't come to fruition. I picked Xander Shoffley to be player of the year. That hasn't come to fruition. I think each and every year, for at least the next five years, uh, long live NBCSports.com slash golf, uh, I will continue to pick Will Zalatoris as my breakout star. I think he's an incredible asset at the PGA Tour. I think he's a future world number one if, if his health can cooperate let uh, rex last we left these folks these fine folks uh on this podcast we were talking about thanksgiving we were talking about our meals that we were having uh, we were talking about our processes uh you had uh what i would describe as a peculiar choice uh for thanksgiving but i am curious how did it go and did you overcook the ribeyes uh, absolutely not. I did not. I, the sausage finger was up. You missed the cue. That that's fine. I did want to double back on Jordan Spieth. Actually, Jordan Spieth said he found something in his wrist. Actually, his medical team found something. He, there was a level of confidence. Older nerve, not good. Older nerve. Uh, he has a level of confidence that I haven't seen since he's kind of been dealing with that. So I would I would have a little bit higher expectations for him. And Colin Morikawa, I I think I've always kind of raised that red flag that yes, there's tons and tons of things that he does that I love about his game. The one thing that I do concern with is, is his putting. And the other thing is now he's had back issues. So that's always concerning. And I feel bad because the guys were told to stop working. And I'm sitting here yammering on. Oh, you guys keep working. Yeah, that's good. Because I, I don't want them to sit, to sit here and wait for us. Uh, I will say this. We went with lobster and steak for Thanksgiving Day dinner. We actually had a proper Thanksgiving dinner the day afterwards. We had a Friendsgiving where there was a fried turkey and it was delicious. I think I might do that next year. Uh, and I did the steak. They were two big ribeyes, very, very thick, two and a half inches. And I did it straight Florentine style, which is, as you know, most people know, really, really rare, like not red, almost purple on the inside. And it was delicious. I was so so, so no one was violently ill the next day while cooking? No, no, we all survived. It was really good. My wife wasn't, she was in charge of the lobster and she didn't feel like she did a good job with that. I liked it, but the steak Florentine was so good. And then the next day we did a fried turkey. Now you wait, hold on, out hold on, on, hold on. But TikTok. you said, you, you said, you said the bunk butchered the lobster tails in, in, in what way? And, and would you please be specific? Oh, she, she overcooked it. She felt like she overcooked it. I thought it was really good. I feel like it's hard to mess up lobster. Like, all right, I guess it could be mm. a little bit more undercooked. I don't know. Like, I mean, lobster is really not my thing. I, I thought it was good. The boys thought it was fine. Um, but I will say fine. this. Fine. Fine. Yeah, fine. 
You, you and I uh, traded a lot of uh, snappy chats and text messages on the actual day. You, you had a whole run-up. You, you put a really cool video on our TikTok account about getting the bird ready. You smoked a turkey. It seems like an outrageous amount of work. I mean, it is. As, as I went through the entire process uh, on this podcast last week, from, from selecting it to spatchcocking it to dry brining it, uh, to getting the smoker ready, to injecting it, to seasoning it, to smoking it, to resting it, to carving it. Like, it's a whole thing. Like, there's a, there's a reason why we should probably only do this one time a year. I do, I do enjoy it because, again, you're not doing this on a weekly basis or even on a monthly basis. And, yes, you're right. I did my very first Tiki Talk. Uh, we put it up on at GC Rex and Lav on TikTok. I believe, Rex, it has 2,500 views. Wow. Which to me is pretty good for someone that I believe at last check has five followers. Uh, hashtags uh, play a large part in that. Uh, if I was smart, I would have done the TikTok like a week in advance when I did yeah. the practice run for our for our Friendsgiving. That way people can can scroll through it on Tuesday, Wednesday. I actually think that could have gone viral. It came out very well. Um, the actual process of making a TikTok, I found to be quite illuminating. Uh, you have to remember to take videos of everything. Like still, still photos are not going to work. Uh, and so that was always, I kind of like had to do things over because I would forget to take a video. And then the voicing over at the end, it's like you're, you're like narrating something, but you have to do it very quickly. I'm you sure do that professionally. Why was that the problem? This is uh, what because, you do for a living. Yeah, because I don't speak very well. Uh, I'm a writer by trade uh, and writer till death do me part uh, however rex i will be doing more tiktok we will have more than five followers i guarantee it it just is going to take a little bit of getting used to we'll clip some of these youtube clips and they can go viral and we can be incredibly famous rex what do you have on the docket away from the golf course we know you'll be following tiger woods not quite tiger tracker days but you will be following tiger woods nonetheless if you're not at the golf course are you are you playing golf are you wearing one of those stupid sun hats uh, to gird sure. yourself from the sun? Are you gambling? Uh, and if so, do you think Georgia can cover? Uh, I don't know if Georgia can cover. I know it's going to be a very nervy Saturday for you. I feel feel for you. I'm sure I'll be getting plenty of uh, snappy chats from you along the way. I drove into the golf course this morning with our friend from ESPN, Mark Schleyball, who gave me nothing but 40 minutes of University of Georgia football talk. So I think I'm just about University of Georgia football talked out at this level, but best of luck to you. Uh, I will say this, Mark Slayball, the very first question he asked Justin Thomas, and you and I haven't even touched on Justin Thomas, and there's a lot of places we can, we can go if we really wanted to, but the very first question to Justin Thomas, uh, who attended the University of Alabama, is a huge Crimson Tide fan, was your thoughts on 4th and 31, which I thought was just a brilliant way to start a press conference. Uh, Justin Thomas did not graduate from Alabama. Uh, I did not say graduate. I said attended. I, I caught myself just to be clear. Certainly did. He had a decorated career yes. with the Crimson Tide and won a national championship. I mean, that was just an incredible uh, finish to that game. It does not help Georgia. However, literally nothing that happened last weekend helped Georgia. And now the distinct possibility exists that Georgia could lose its first game in Lily Lavner's entire lifetime. Oof. And yet they somehow miss out on the college football playoff. We can it's, talk about this be, next week. It could be a very surly podcast. That could be, be going 60 <laughs> minutes or longer next week. That's a good reminder to make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel to make sure you're getting all the updates. Make sure you go to NBCSports.com slash golf for all Rex's columns, news notes, features, and other assorted 
things from the Hero World Challenge. We'll be back next week for a recap of Georgia's hopefully presumed victory over Alabama in the SEC Championship game. And, yeah, we'll probably talk a little bit of Tiger Woods as well and his competitive return at the Hero World Challenge. Willie Z, Jordan Spieth, Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, among those also teeing it up this week. All right, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. Enjoy the week. Good luck cutting that up, Fred. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You might not think that a few simple words could make you crave McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. But if you listen closely to the sound of me saying, McGriddles, McMuffin, you might be wrong. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.